the fashion world was there. It was like everyone from the fashion crowd was there. And I just remember looking out over the crowd of people dancing and having fun and thinking, is that all there is to life? Like I just felt this overwhelming sense of emptiness. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Anlay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers and a real God. Today, we're going to talk about same-sex attraction and what to do with it. There are certain individuals who, from a young age, have same-sex attraction. They try to hide it, but later on in life, they can express that attraction in their adult relationships. And in our last show, we interviewed Beckett Cook, who grew up with same-sex attraction. And he didn't want anyone to know about it. He was super secretive. But as he grew up, he told us about getting into homosexual relationships. And eventually he was open to the public about his choices of being gay. He shared with us that he got in the crowd that helped him to become famous amongst the rich and famous in Hollywood. And he was living the life of his dream where others would be jealous of him. But the thing is, it only fulfilled him to a point and not all the way. And today, he's going to tell us how this lifestyle led him to feeling empty. Beckett, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, Beckett, glad to have you. So, I understand that you truly were a top guy over there in Hollywood. Like, you were friends with the rich and famous, and it was the dream that anybody would want. But as you had that lifestyle, you felt something was wrong inside. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I was having so much fun and I would end up at, you know, crazy things. I would end up at Prince's house up in Beverly Hills and he would perform a concert in his backyard for three hours. You know, it was weird. Like I would end up having dinner with Meryl Streep at the Oscars at the governor's ball afterwards. Like she was at our table and this kind of stuff went on for years and the law of diminishing returns started to set in at a certain point. And then it really hit me in March of 2009, I was in Paris. I was at Fashion Week. I would go to Fashion Weeks in New York and Paris a lot. And I was at Fashion Week in Paris. I went to a bunch of the shows. I went to a bunch of the after parties. And I was at an after party. I think it was Stella McCartney's after party. You know, the fashion world was there. It was like everyone from the fashion crowd was there. I think Kanye was even there. And I just remember I was drinking champagne and I was sitting with Rachel Zoe, who was like, she had her own show on Bravo, like a fashion show. And I just remember looking out over the crowd of people dancing and having fun and thinking, is that all there is to life? Like, I just felt this overwhelming sense of emptiness And I felt like, wow, like I've been doing this stuff for so long and this isn't going to cut it anymore. And I don't know what to do for the rest of my life. I was in a panic. I actually left the party and went back to my hotel and I just was up all night in a panic because I was like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? I can't keep doing this. This kind of life isn't going to sustain me anymore because I need to know the truth. I need to know meaning. I need to have some sort of meaning. And so that was the turning point that night in 2009. Mm, Wow, that is crazy. I mean, you were living the dream, but the dream was not very fulfilling. 
which, you know, I don't think you would normally hear that, but we're hearing it. So what did you do from there? Yeah. So I came back to LA from Paris and, you know, I got busy with work again and kind of put that whole experience on the back burner and didn't think about it much. And then six months later, I was at a coffee shop in Silver Lake in Los Angeles. It's kind of this spot where my best friend and I used to go all the time on the weekends. And we're just casually sitting there drinking our lattes. And we noticed a table next to us. And it was a group of young people. And they had Bibles on the table, which was shocking to us because we had never, I mean, I had never seen a Bible in public in Los Angeles in my whole time being here. <laughs> and then at one point they bowed their heads and prayed. And my friend and I just looked at each other. We're like, what is going on? And my friend was gay too. And so we were half kind of intrigued by it, but also half disgusted by it. But at a certain point, my friend urged me because he loved to kind of get into conversations with just different people. And so he urged me to talk to them. And I was like, no, I don't want to talk to them. And he said, just ask them what they're doing. And so I turned around and I just said, you know, hey, are you guys Christians? And they were like, yes. And I said, you know, what does that mean? Because I grew up Catholic. I don't really remember. What is your faith? Like, tell me what you believe. And they, you know, explained the gospel to me and they explained their beliefs. And we had a long conversation, like an hour long conversation. And then I get to the $64,000 question. And I said, well, what does your church believe about homosexuality? And they said, well, we believe it's a sin. And I just remember thinking at that moment, I just kind of accepted that Mm -hmm. because of that night in Paris six months before, I was kind of open to that, to just hearing whatever. So I just was like, okay. And then they invited me to their church in Hollywood the following Sunday. And I said, well, I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I'll think about it. And Mm -hmm. so I had a whole week to think about whether I was going to go to this evangelical church in (laughs) Hollywood or not. (laughs) So that was an interesting week. Mm, So you're being invited to church. You know, did you wonder if they would really accept you? I mean, a guy who's living an open homosexual lifestyle, were you in that moment maybe thinking you needed to change first? No, I wasn't wondering if the church would accept me. Actually, I never thought of that. It was more like, am I going to accept the church? Um, Right, right. No, I (laughs) get it. I get it. That was on my mind. But uh, yeah, what my biggest concern was was that I'd never been to an evangelical church. I'm going to go to this thing. And what if nothing happens? What if I just go and I'm just like, okay, I still don't know what the truth is. Then it's just going to be kind of a bummer, you know, and it's going to be kind of wasted time. And it'll also be sort of humiliating because I put myself out there. So that was my concern during the week. But the following Sunday, I woke up and I was like, I guess I'm going to do this. And I just got up, got ready, got in my car, drove to the church in Hollywood, which is in a public high school auditorium. And so, you know, I walk into this auditorium and I remember thinking like, oh, this is so different from the Catholic church. There's no stained glass windows and no smoke (laughs) and candles and, you know, bells. It was just a very plain auditorium. And I really appreciated that for some reason. I don't know. And so I walk and I hear the worship music playing and I just immediately cringed because I thought, oh my gosh, I forgot Christian music existed. Ugh. But then I was like, babe, it's not bad, actually. It's good. Mm. And then I found a seat. I don't know where the people who invited me, I don't know where they were. So I just sat by myself near the front 
And after the worship music finishes, the pastor comes out and he starts to preach on Romans chapter 7 for an hour. And the strangest kind of thing started happening when he was preaching. All these things started shifting in me. Every word that he was saying, every sentence he was saying was resonating in my mind and in my heart as truth. And I didn't know why. I remember just in my mind thinking, oh my gosh, that's true. That's true. That's true. And it was the gospel. And I was like, I remember thinking, this is the gospel? Like, this is so different from everything I ever thought religion was. Like, this is amazing. Mm, Beckett, let's stop there. It's crazy how you were at the peak of your dreams and you found it not fulfilling. But then, you know, you experienced this new thing, of all things, at church. Beckett, I want to have you on our next show again. As I understand, there's something more about what happened in your life that changed everything regarding your feelings of same-sex attraction. I want to talk to you about that. So thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. Hang on there. I have something more to say about this right after the break. Real life is made possible this week with the help of On Fire Merchant Services and our Awakening the Nation's monthly giving partners. If you own your own business taking Visa and MasterCard, call and get a quote from On Fire Merchant Services. On Fire Merchant Services is on fire to serve you. Look them up at onfiremerchantservices.com or call them at 877-333-6682. That's onfiremerchantservices.com or 877-333-6682. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? I mean, it's pretty crazy to hear how Beckett Cook indulged in his own desires for same-sex attraction, his desires for fame and significance, and as he attained it all, it seemed to bring him to a place of lack of fulfillment. Weird. The way he described it was almost like he was alive on the outside, but inside he was dying. He found himself having everything, yet having nothing and no real purpose for his life. But for some of you, you might find it corny that he suddenly went to a church after being so successful. Like it doesn't even make sense. But my friend, it does. Why? Because he was dying inside. Let me explain what an ancient scripture says and that is going to shed more light on what was actually happening to Beckett. In James 1, 13-15, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and is enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. According to this ancient scripture, desire is something that comes from within us because of something called our sinful natures. And when we give in to those desires, we fall into sin. And that sin eventually produces death in our lives. And you can hear that in Beckett's story. He was living this ancient truth out. He first had the same-sex desires. Then he lived them out. He expressed them in a life of homosexuality. But then he found himself completely empty and dying inside. What is the answer then? 
How do we overcome these desires like same-sex attraction in our lives? For me, it wasn't that, but I used to be a porn addict. Though many will say porn addiction really doesn't hurt anyone, therefore it's not a sin, I discovered that the Bible was right. It is a sin, and I was only hurting myself. I needed to overcome that addiction in my life to get truly free. Jesus always talked about living a life that denies our desires, and then it's a lifestyle of submitting them to Him to find true meaning and fulfillment in our lives. It is written in Matthew chapter 16, 24-25. Then Jesus says to His disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You hear that, friend? When we submit these desires to the Lord, He will give us the true meaning of life and will find fulfillment. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for the person who may be dealing with same-sex attraction or any type of desire that is not from you. And we take a moment to realize, Lord God, those things are going to produce death in our lives. So we surrender them to you and we receive instead your life and every perfect gift that comes from you. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.